You're listening to Chicago's Gospel Podcast, a show that explores how the unchanging gospel of Jesus Christ shapes your life in an ever-changing city. In each episode, we'll take you on a tour of the city to discover how the gospel speaks into both the unique opportunities and challenges Christians face in an urban context. This is a show from Chicago and for Chicago. So let's get to work. Welcome back to Chicago's Gospel Podcast. I'm Eric Viker. I'm Will Pareja. And uh, I want to give a special thanks to those of you who've been leaving reviews on our podcast. Uh, either you're just full of the Spirit and have the fruit of the Spirit and you're just kind, uh, or you're really <laughs> sincerely enjoying this podcast. Either way, we, in, we, uh, we appreciate the reviews. Uh, they help our podcast get spread to more listeners, and hopefully more people are benefiting from it. So if you haven't yet left a review... Maybe you can do it while you're listening to the podcast, uh, and uh, we hope to continue to bless the city of Chicago through our efforts. Uh, the Lord Jesus gives a very high ethic in the New Testament. He's actually just repeating an ethic of the Old Testament, and that is that we love our neighbor as ourself. We love our neighbor as ourself. Uh, that sounds really nice in theory. It looks really good on a coffee mug. It looks great hanging over the doorposts of our houses. But when you actually think about doing that, that's extraordinarily difficult because often our neighbors are very different from us. They're a different age. They have a different job. They come from very different family backgrounds. They're in a different stage of life. And overcoming a lot of the differences, trying to love them can be an incredibly difficult task. Now, we're in Chicago, and this is a podcast for especially Christians in Chicago. And whether you acknowledge this or not, the city of Chicago is the third or fourth uh, largest population of college students in the United States, depending on what poll it's top three or four. So many of our neighbors are college students, whether they're here for four years, six years, uh, or the rest of their life. These are our neighbors, and God commands us to love our neighbors and to love them well. So today we want to focus on those neighbors. We've been blessed as a church to have many college students at our church, and they bring so much energy, and they carry a lot of weight for the gospel. Uh, so it's not necessarily just for the students at our church. It's for those who are not students at our church and for all Christians in Chicago to think about loving and reaching out and helping disciple uh, this very large population of our neighbors. One um, thing I've noticed, Eric, in the years that I've lived here is— that Chicago often becomes uh, a hub where people who graduate from, especially from Midwest campuses, colleges, universities, get their entry-level jobs here. Mm. In fact, I uh, met a man yesterday. He's already retired. He's a Nigerian immigrant. He goes to MSU during the Magic Johnson years. <laughs> and then comes to Chicago for, I think, more graduate work and ends up becoming a city planner and assistant city budget director. So cool. And so people like from like Minnesota, Wisconsin, Ohio, Indiana, Michigan often have um, solid job prospects yeah. in a city like yeah. ours. Not, not that, you know, people from California and other states don't, yeah. but that's what I've been seeing. Yeah. When Christ says to go into all nations making disciples, I was reflecting in the car yesterday that 
the nations in a lot of ways come to Chicago, oftentimes for for college, for university, for post postgraduate work, stuff like that. So what an opportunity we have. Or they or they go to whatever universities they can get their feet in the door. Right. So for example, not in Chicago, Western Michigan University. I, I even have friends in southern Indiana have a, they have there's a, a big like Asian population in Kalamazoo, Michigan or in Evansville, Indiana. Is that is that because maybe those are the only schools that mm. accept them and yeah. have good programs? So you never know where the nations will come. You think Chicago is the magnet, but you never think of like outliers like Kalamazoo or right. Evansville right. as being a place where somebody from India or China or Pakistan may come to saving mm. faith in Christ. Amen. Mm. Well, you're alluding already to who our guest is today. He has a voice for radio. Oh, and dear. a face for TV. Uh, it's it's and a, a body for football. Yeah, body for football, <laughs> yeah. wrestling. Yeah. Uh, Xavier Torres, we're so glad to have you. Thanks for being here, brother. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, so Xavier, tell us a bit about who you are, who are you, where are you from, uh, and then tell us a bit about how you came to Christ. I mean, this is so central to, mm. to what we're trying to do that it's always refreshing and, and encouraging to hear about people came to Christ. So who are yeah. you? Where are you from? How'd you come to Christ? Yeah. Uh, well, I'm Xavier Torres. Um, I grew up in the Chicago suburbs, uh, spending um, all my life up until I graduated college in Elgin, Algonquin, Carpentersville area, if anybody's familiar with those places. Um, I went to school in Monmouth College. Um, and Where's I that? I can't remember. Yeah. Monmouth yeah. in Illinois. Monmouth, yeah. Monmouth College is in Illinois. Monmouth University is in New Jersey, which is the one that everybody always knows for like <laughs> their crazy fan section. Not that place. I went to Monmouth College. Uh, we had like less than a thousand students enrolled my senior year. Mm. It's in the middle of a couple of cornfields in uh, rural Illinois, um, over there by the border of Iowa. Um, so why there? You got recruited, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I went there to uh, play D3 football, um, spent all four years standing on the sidelines. <laughs> uh, so I don't know if you can necessarily say I played uh, football there, but I was a really good cheerleader. You know? <laughs> <laughs> um, and my freshman year of college, I uh, was introduced to this guy named Nate France. Uh, he Worked on staff with Campus Outreach there. Um, the friend of me shared the gospel. Um, maybe I'll share a little bit more about that later, what that looked like. But yeah, he uh, led me to the Lord uh, at the end of my freshman year of college and was involved with Campus Outreach throughout. Met my wife, Tia, um, in that ministry. And after college, we uh, you know started dating, got married. And have a couple of kids now. Mm. Um, so Tia, Tia was at Monmouth. Yep. And yeah. isn't she an athlete? But wasn't yeah. she a student athlete? She was an actual athlete. So she, uh, <laughs> uh, she actually uh, was on a full ride scholarship um, at a D two uh, college called um, University of Michigan St. St. Louis, or sorry, University of Missouri St. Louis. Huh. Um, and then she transferred to my school her sophomore year and was was like killing it on the basketball team so she huh. was an actual athlete um so and that's how you guys met is that monmouth yeah yeah through monmouth yeah okay. and specifically uh through campus outreach and she uh, became a christian 
um, her good friend growing up who was involved with campus outreach shared the gospel with her mm. um, her junior year, and she became a believer sometime uh, during that time um, and was involved with campus outreach her last couple years at school. So, hmm. yeah. So campus outreach, very central to your own conversion, to yeah. Tia's conversion. Tia's conversion. And now this is the organization that you work for in Western Michigan. Yep. Uh, tell us about how you landed there after having such a pivotal experience with that organization in college. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so like I said, I became a Christian uh, at the end of my freshman year. Um, over the course of the next few years, would just be involved with you know different Bible studies, conferences, um, different trips that we would go on to you know just continue to grow in our faith and a hunger for our faith. Um, and I think it was throughout my last couple of years that the Lord really put on my heart to want to share the gospel with my fellow teammates, mm. uh, specifically even uh, the minority students on my football team. Um, and so after I got done with college, I was expecting just to come back to uh, the Chicago suburbs uh, to continue going to church at Embassy Church, um, pick up a corporate job and just kind of live life. But, you know, the Lord has other plans, as mm -hmm. he often does. And um, he uh, really, I think, just put on my heart to want to continue to do full-time ministry work. Mm. Um, and I was presented with an opportunity to start a whole new region with a a uh, group of guys that I was, you know, very fond of throughout college. And so it just seemed like something that was exciting while also something that the Lord was calling me to. Mm. Um, and so for the last couple of years, we've been over there in Kalamazoo, Michigan. Yeah. Amen. So you spend a lot of time with college students, thinking about yeah. college students, <laughs> praying for college students. So, so where I want to start is what are some of the, mm. the gospels that aren't mm. true, the true gospel, oh, but the, yeah. the, the ideology, the, the ideas that mm. college students, uh, whether conscientiously buying into them or yeah. just functionally living them out, mm. what are the gospels that you're encountering on the college campus that mm. aren't the true gospel? Yeah. Uh, well, I think first and foremost is probably um, the concept of expressive individualism. Mm. If anybody's really familiar with that. Mm. Uh, I was introduced to that idea when I first went to Michigan, and uh, one of my uh, good friends um, who's on staff there was explaining this idea to me. And once we got to the college campus, like sure enough, like it's a lot of what you know these kind of these students kind of you know live and breathe. Yeah. Um, so what do you mean by that? What What does that yeah. look like on the college student uh, so, uh, campus, I should say? Yeah. So simply put, it's kind of like this idea of you do you mm. and I'm going to do me. Yeah. Um, whatever is true that's, to you is true to me. Right. Yeah. And that's the highest good. Yeah. 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 Like uh, everything is subjective. Truth is subjective. Morality is subjective. Your truth, my truth. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I, I would even say that you could probably couple this with an attitude of apathy, um, mm. especially amongst the young men that go to that school. Um, it could be like a result even of their apathy towards not even just religion, but like life yeah. in general. Um, you know, as uh, Will was uh, probably alluding to earlier, uh, Western Michigan has a really high um, acceptance rate, mm. um, like, Gosh, I want to say like in the 80 percent 
wow. uh, which is wild because uh, the other two major schools in Michigan, you know, Michigan State University of Michigan, um, their acceptance rates are like, you know, way lower than that. Wow. Um, and so I think we get a lot of the students who um, either didn't get accepted to those universities and they're like, well, I guess, you know, this is the next best thing and I can for sure get in here. Um, or even students who uh, just didn't really know what the next move was after college or after high school. And uh, they were like, well, I guess, you know, I'll go to Western because I know I'll get accepted. It's pretty cheap and I'll just figure it out as I go. Um, and so, you know, those tend to be the kind of students who come in with just like an apathetic uh, view towards life. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the students that go there really go there to, um, you know, engage in the partying that yeah. is uh, pervasive throughout that entire campus. Yeah. So, so how if we set aside the apathy, which clearly no one would want to be described that way. Right. Though I understand what you're saying. Yeah. If yeah. we set aside that that subgroup, or maybe it is a characteristic of the whole group, for mm-hmm. those who aren't apathetic, what does that gospel mm-hmm. of expressive individualism, mm-hmm. how does it pay off, at least temporarily? Like, what what's so good about that in their minds? Oh, yeah. I think uh, it justifies their actions. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like I said, like a lot of students go there to just kind of party it up. And I think by having this uh, view of, you know, subjective truth and morality, um, they're able to engage in these, you know, certain pursuits without feeling the guilt Mm. of, um, man, like maybe what I'm doing isn't right. Maybe what I'm doing and the way I think isn't true. Um, And so, yeah, I definitely would say that that's uh, pretty common, I would say. That's fascinating. So there's a conscience thing that I think you're getting at mm. that they they have to somehow deal with their conscience yeah. that might be oh, telling yeah. them that this isn't legit. Mm-hmm. So one way they do it is by buying into this false gospel. Yeah. Well, again, conscientiously or unconscientiously. Do yeah. you sense that most students you deal with have a fully seared conscience, a partially seared conscience, mm-hmm. a, a conscience that's alive to these things? Like w- yeah. where on the spectrum are most of these students? Cause this might yeah. be an interesting entry point into the work that you do. Oh yeah. Um, man, I, I mean, I would definitely say it's probably a solid mix of yeah. um, each of those. Um, <laughs> I, mean, I mean, you have like the students, um, you know, I think of one student in particular who, you know, was engaged in this type of lifestyle and kind of recognize that it's not what he wanted his life mm. to be about. And so I, you know, myself and other staff members had a chance to pour into him um, with, you know, the message of the gospel. Um, but then you also have students, another student I could think of. Uh, I don't know if this is even like appropriate to say like on the- on As long as you don't use their name. Yeah, yeah. I'm not, <laughs> it's a fair game. Yeah, I remember I was sitting down with this one cat in the cafeteria and he was just like, you know, I think my issue is Xavier. I think the issue is that I'm not smoking enough weed. <laughs> I was just like, what are you talking about? <laughs> you know what I mean? He was sincere? He was sincere. Like, he's, wow. like, he's like, man, I think like, like I need to just start smoking more weed. And I was like, I mean, dude, like, like, where do you even get that idea of like, that's what my issue is? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I think like very seared consciousness, but at the same time, there's some students who are uh, really earnest and genuine about trying to figure this yeah. whole life thing out in their views. Yeah. 
that makes me wonder if you'd agree with this. There might be a, a functional gospel of like um, euphoria in the mm. sense of alcohol abuse. Oh yeah, uh, marijuana abuse, <laughs> other sorts of drug drug abuse. Yeah, uh, living a sexually permissive life. Yeah. Um, all these like euphoric experiences that you can sort of tap into as a, as a college student mm. mm-hmm. that, that might be like a, a gospel for a, an average college student. I don't know. Agree, disagree. Yeah. That there's a, there, there's like this extreme joy that you can tap into in a yeah. worldly lifestyle. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, one of the nicknames for Western uh, Michigan is Western Michigan University. <laughs> so I think a lot of students say, uh, a lot of students, you know, not all of them, uh, but a lot of them definitely go uh, there because they want to just kind of see, like, what does this world and its worldly pleasures have to offer me, mm. you know? Yeah. Mom and dad aren't there anymore. Whether or not you were limited yeah, uh, growing up, college is the time to 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 live without necessarily... Yeah, think uh, looking over your shoulder mm. oh, yeah. because the only people looking over your shoulder are peers, right? Yeah. Essentially, yeah. 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 And it's it's parents expect pretty much the majority of the student populations and and American campuses. Parents expect that their kids are going to go so wild oats. Campus administrators and teachers expect that mm. as well, yeah. Yeah. and so it's just like it's the air that's breathed. Yeah. 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 What's the most, I'm curious, you've been there two years now going yeah. into your third. What, what's the most hostile encounter? Hmm. Have you had one yet that just like uh, with, with, a, with a student in terms yeah. of the gospel or, or any, maybe not with a student? Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I would, I would definitely say that it's, it's never, you know, gone to the point of any sort of physical alter, altercation. Thankfully, they probably just look at you. They're like, even if I want to punch this guy, I probably right. should. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe for me, but you know, I work with a couple guys that need someone meat on the bone. <laughs> yeah. We're sending this episode to them yeah, right, 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 yeah, yeah, early yeah, release. Yeah. yeah, I'm talking about this guy specifically, Chase Smith. So if he's like, <laughs> <Nope>. <laughs> boom roasted, boom roasted. Um, but yeah, no, I I think the furthest altercation uh, that we've ever like encountered um it's mostly just probably guys that would like raise their voice or just kind of talk over us when we're trying to um express some of these you know things to them whether it be you know um explicitly gospel or even just like hey like let's talk about some deep stuff you know what i mean um at least like from my own experience um you know i'm sure some of our guys might have experienced some other stuff uh throughout their time there um, I, I would say that for the most part, um, you know, the persecution we face is very, uh, you know, obviously nonviolent, but I think it's even like, uh, this sense of, um, you know, the students will just kind of ignore us. They'll tune us out. Uh, they might even poke fun at what we're saying. Yeah. So it's more along the lines of like humility, mm. um, like they, know, their attempt to uh, kind of defy what we're trying to explain to them or express to them, it, it comes in the form of humiliation. Mm. So, But it's very in keeping, I think, with what you describe as the apathetic 
mindset. Oh, yeah. The I mean, people want to be nice. I'm assuming students are, they don't want to be known as being mean. But, mm. and so I think the idea of just ignoring yeah. and brushing oh, yeah. off yeah. is is probably the natural manifestation of of people who are generationally considered to be mm. apathetic. Yeah. yeah so, so what's notorious on college campuses and Western is probably a great example mm-hmm. is that they, they're at the, the cutting edge of, of culture, of ideas, mm. of, uh, of change. Yeah. Anything new is usually has some sort of connection to higher education, to mm-hmm. universities, to colleges. Yeah. So it, it's a, it's a place of novelty it's a place of exploration. It's a place of innovation. All these things are good. Mm-hmm. But here we come with this unchanging gospel in a place yeah. that prizes change, development, all of these mm-hmm. things, addition, yeah. um, progress, growth, progress, right, all yeah. these things. Yeah. So the task of the Christian is difficult wherever because that's just a common human desire is change and novelty. Mm-hmm. But I feel like it's on, you know, it's it's magnified on a college campus. Mm-hmm. So how do you, and we know what kind of guy you are, you're a big G gospel guy, so you're not prone to to change the gospel, mm-hmm. but how, how do you think about bringing the unchanging gospel to bear in this context that loves yeah. the exact opposite? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I think going into each um, conversation with a, a spirit of humility of like, I want to know like what what makes you tick. Mm. Um, I want to know what your thoughts are, what your beliefs are, um, and really just engaging students in that in that way. Uh, mm. You know, Campus Outreach is very much a ministry about, um, you know, sharing the gospel and the context of a relationship. Mm. And, you know, if we sat down with a student that we just met and immediately tried to blow them up with the gospel, um, they're, you know, going to tune us out, right? They're not going to want to listen to any of that kind of stuff. Um, and so being able to engage them relationally and even just asking them questions to help them uh, to start thinking more about these uh, deeper issues is one that w- one way that we're able to encourage them to, um, you know, just hear us out, I guess you could yeah. say, when it yeah. comes to the gospel. That's good. Um, we, you know, specifically speaking, there's a, a tool that we use uh, called the relevance tool. And its purpose is not even to explicitly uh, share the gospel, but it's just to help students to see that the way that they've been thinking their entire lives and this idea of you do you doesn't really work. Mm. And there's got to be something that is really true um, for them to experience. And from there, we're able to suggest to them, like, hey, you know, like, um, have you heard of this guy named Jesus? Or, you know, would you want to meet up and talk about this a little bit further? Mm -hmm. Um, And from there, we kind of get our foot in the door to present them with the actual gospel. So with this, uh, what what Campus Outreach calls the relevance tool, is that that similar? It sounds like what uh, the, the venerable... Now, late Tim Keller mm. used to call defeater beliefs, mm. where he would basically point out the inconsistencies in people's worldview mm. 
yeah. and their and their belief system. Yeah. He's not trying to crush them. Yeah. He wants to. He's trying to gain rapport. Yeah. But at the same time, he's also sort of poking at like you know you're actually inconsistent here. Yeah. Um. And that, is that similar to what yeah. you guys are doing? Is yeah. sh- pointing out mm. where <laughs> where their beliefs are self defeating. Yeah. Yeah. And I would say like uh, even. Uh, taking it one step further with a more narrow focus on um, how the things that they have built their lives upon um, aren't meant to be the things that sustain them, that are the foundations of their home, right? Um, And so students will come in with um, a desire to make something, whether it be sports or relationships or academics or even partying, like the ultimate purpose of their lives and like the way the relevance tool uh, is set up is that it helps us to show them that like, man, these things that you think are what life is all about can't be that. Mm. Like they can't be the things that you look to when you're experiencing times of hardship Mm. or they can't be the things that you look to to bring you this feeling that um, you want to always be feeling. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what kind of angles on the gospel or angles in the students' hearts have you found to receive the most like traction mm. at Western? Like what are the topics where people really start to realize that they might be living in a house of cards? Mm. Is it kind of what you're describing? Hardships? Is it like... Yeah. Where where do you find the strongest connection points to actually find gospel inroads? Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, I would definitely say that uh, through using that tool, like students, um, whether they are eager to or reluctantly admit um, that you know you're right, like like this thing that I've given uh, my whole life's purpose to isn't always going to be there for yeah. me. So let me interrupt. What, what does that yeah. tool look like? How, how do you use that? What is it? Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, so the best way I can describe it is we, we draw a picture of a house, right? Um, and within the house, we just ask them, you know, what, uh, what, what fills up your day? Like, what do you give the most time to? What do you give the most thought to? And so from there, they'll, um, you know, just list out, a handful of examples, you know, like I said, whether it be on oh, my girlfriend or my brother and sister, my academics. Um, and from there, we explain to them, like, you know, we see that most people, they're doing these things or they um, fill their time up with these things because they're looking for one of these four things, which we've generalized uh, enough to say it's either fun, impact, belonging, or security. Mm, say it again. Fun, impact, belonging, or security. Mm. And so, like, fun is, you know, I'm just wanting to get the most out of life. Impact is what's going to help me to have the most influence in my community, Mm. my family. Um, Belonging, uh, you know, pretty self-explanatory. I just want to feel like I belong, I fit in somewhere. Um, And then security. Uh, It could be financial security. It could be their mental well-being. Mm. There's do these things or think about these things often because they want to feel secure mm, in their life. Um, That's really helpful for me just to think about oh, yeah. what makes people tick. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's even help, like when we're 
uh, going over this, I was like, man, this is helpful for me, <laughs> you know, like to be thinking about like, in what ways do I look to these things in my life to bring me this sense of, you know, impact or whatever it might be. Um, so, so tease this out now. Okay, these are the four things that yeah. might be right below the surface for all of these things. Yeah. How does how does that get you further down the field with the students? Yeah. yeah. And so one by one, we will then draw um, like a pillar underneath the house and we'll draw like maybe four and we'll fill in the pillar with one of the objects that they put in their house. And we'll say people will use these things to bring them their desire for impact or belonging. Um, and they'll make this thing the ultimate thing that's meant to give them that. In what ways do you think that that could be dangerous and will help them to see that, um, you know, nothing is, nothing in this world is everlasting. And regardless of how good it might feel in the moment, eventually um, mm. that moment will either be gone or this thing is going to fail you yeah. in some way. Mm. And if we're people whose you know, our lives are built on uh, foundations, like how good is that foundation if it's always crumbling or if one day it's just gone? Mm. Like wouldn't it be a good foundation if <laughs> it can just disappear right, um, right beneath your feet? <clears throat> and so we'll ask them, um, you know, what do you think could be a good foundation? What do you think would be an everlasting foundation yeah. that yeah. won't crumble, that won't falter, you know? But to students at that age, does the, the word everlasting, yeah. I, I know you use other words, does that, yeah. does that even register? Yeah. Wait, wait, like, do they, isn't yeah. it more like eat, drink for tomorrow we die? <laughs> right, yeah. Like, yeah, do yeah. they even care about, care about life the after of everlasting? Um, I mean, I think you know, the surface level they probably wouldn't. But it's interesting, like when you're sharing these things, and, and it might not even be like a really in-depth tool to be using, but it's almost like you just kind of see like these light bulbs going off in their head. Yeah, and like they like by the time we finish, you know, the tool, or as we're nearing the end of using the tool, they're just like, man, like I've been feeling this, mm. and like. I've been trying to like put into words like what I'm feeling and like this is it right here, you mm -hmm. know. Um, that's not always the case, right? Right. right? But generalization. Think, yeah. But so there's almost like um, I think of faith in terms of like the, the, I've heard the psychology of faith is yeah. intellectual, emotional, volitional. So when they're waking up to that, their house is on a is built on one pillar and it's shaky. Mm -hmm. They're mentally, in a sense, they're mentally saying like. And even emotionally, like, oh, you just, like what you just said, you yeah. just showed me how unstable my worldview is. Yeah. And I've not been, I, I've been sensing it and feeling it, but I've actually never been able to to say it quite like you showed yeah. me. Mm -hmm. Which is a gift to them because hopefully yeah, they understand like, yeah. oh, he's helping me identify something that hopefully I can proactively address yeah. as opposed to, you know, get get crushed by when this thing potentially exactly. gets ripped from me. And, and uh, um, I like that you uh, brought up the fact that this might encourage them to think proactively about when that time comes. Because yeah. like maybe they're in a relationship they've right. been in for the last three right. years. But a lot like, of these things are good idols for a while. Right, yeah. I, and we, we try to explain it. So I'm like, look, these things in your house, like they're not inherently bad. Right. Like they're good things. They're just not meant to be ultimate things. Um, and so like to help them to see like, man, like, Maybe there will come a time when this thing isn't giving me what I want it to give me or when it's just not even in my life anymore. 
And so maybe I do need to think, well, what is that foundation mm. that will sustain me even when this thing is gone? And that's when we're able to like, you know, tell them, you know, I think I think I got a pretty good idea. Yeah. And maybe, you know, if we can meet up some other time, I can share it with you a little bit more. Yeah. Um, but then a lot of them kind of jump the gun and, you know, they know that you're a college minister. So like, oh, you're going to say God or you're going to say religion. <laughs> and I think uh, most of the time that's what they say. Rarely ever will they say, you know, uh, what we would say is the foundation um, because we say, you know, well, what does God being your foundation actually mean? Mm. Um, and we would even say like, no, like, I don't think religion is the answer. Religion is just something that you do to get. Um, but what we are trying to communicate to you is not uh, necessarily something that you have to do, but it's just something that's offered to mm. you. Mm. Um, and from there, we, you know, we're trying to kind of catch them with like, a, oh, like, I wonder what that is, you know? Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Good, brother. Well, Xavier, we've been enjoying this so much. It feels like only half the conversation. So we're going to record part two of this conversation uh, in just a little bit here that we'll release later on this month. Uh, we appreciate you being here. If our listeners want to support you, uh, just give us a brief version of that. Mm -hmm. In our next episode, you can go into more detail about what that looks like and and how that partnership uh, maintains the strongest connection. But how can someone who wants to get involved with this connect with you, support yeah, yeah. you? Yeah, well, you know, I'm always looking for financial partners to um, join us in this mission of sharing the gospel with the law students at Western Michigan. And so um, the way that that can usually get set up is through a link which maybe you guys can attach in the notes. Um, and it's super simple. Uh, you can give one-time gift, monthly, annually, just kind of whatever suits your financial uh, needs. Uh, and whatever we receive, we are more than grateful for. So, Amen. Amen. Well, God bless you, brother. If, if you're listening to this, please pray for him and for his, his co-laborers there on Western Michigan's campus. Uh, he told us just now that there's a crew over at the University of Illinois uh, and pray for them as well. And uh, may God continue to use you to see more people come to faith in the mm. unchanging gospel. Mm. Amen. Thank you, man. Thanks for having me, guys. Thanks for joining the conversation on Chicago's Gospel Podcast. If you're benefiting from these conversations, consider sharing this podcast episode with a friend or neighbor. We would also love to hear about topics you want to discuss. So reach out to us with your ideas at gospel at ASCCChicago.org. Until next time, remember that Christ's unchanging gospel is transforming your life in an ever-changing city.